Oliver Dixon on SAFM. It is just 20, it's just gone 20 past nine this evening. This is the Tuesday edition of The Viewpoint. My name is Oliver Dixon, standing in for Song Yez Uh I do want to encourage your engagement throughout the show. So give us a call, 011-714-2006. 011-714-2006. You can send us a voice note on WhatsApp, 614-104-107. 614-104-107. Tweet me directly at, at, at Oliver underscore speaking or at SAFM Radio across all platforms, Oliver Dixon on Facebook. And let's engage over there. These conversations are critically, critically important. It is Africa Month, um, and that means throughout the month, we need to take a pause and really ask important questions about our, our continental identity and our continental relations, what it means to be African, what, how do we collectively imagine the future of Africa. It's, it's, it's our continent, one will have the youngest, has the youngest population, uh, in the world, but will soon be a population that is majority young and will also grow to be uh, uh, an, an important continent economically, specifically because of how young the, 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 the continent will be. Um, and, and the question really is, how do we as young people in particular imagine the future of this continent? We need to stop outsourcing the imagination and design of Africa to Europe to Asia, to the Americas. We need to own the narrative, the story, and the work of reimagining our existence and our collective future as Africans. Uh, and so during the month of May, we, I, we, we were encouraged, and I think we should all be encouraged to look past the differences we have. In fact, we might even have to discuss those differences and ask, are these differences irreconcilable? I bet you they're not. Uh, but how do we use those, ben- uh, those differences to our collective benefit? Um, and, and, and more importantly, um, how do we uh, put t- at the center of our interactions and our interface uh, the t- similarities we have? And we have more similarities across the continent than we do have differences. Uh, our, our guest this evening uh, is Deborah Mputi, who is an entrepreneur, writer, model, and she's passionate about Africa and the African identity. Um, Deborah, are we doing enough as a continent, as a people? collectively to reimagine our future and claim that destiny for ourselves or have we continuously left it uh, to uh, the destiny of what Europe and America imagines for us? Um, Greetings Oliver and greetings to your um, listeners first and foremost and thank you for having me. Okay so um, your question are we doing enough? Um, Partly yes and I'd say partly no. And so partly no wouldn't be from a point of us literally giving our powers to, you know, um, the Europe's and our post-colonial masters, if I may say, or predatory. Um, But I think more than anything, we are a people that have a history and our history is so, is so deep, you know, and dense within our DNA that we cannot shake the part of us having been colonized once before. And, um, I mean, we try, and I mean, for the fact that we still have to celebrate Africa, Africa Month, yeah. just, you know, in, in May, whereas for some of us, Africa, Africa is, Africa Day is every day, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And this moves from just, um, from the aesthetics, because, I mean, when you think Africa, the first thing you think about is the aesthetics of Africa and our people and the yeah, world. Yeah. And 
when you think Africa Day or even in, in back home, here home, where we, when we think about Heritage Day, it's all about taking out your regalia, your kosa, your, you know, from whichever tribe you come from. But beyond that, I, I'd, I'd love to believe that as entrepreneurs, as a people, we are engaging and we are building and, you know, uh, forming those bridges to make sure that the, um, the, the separation, lack of a better yeah. word, that has been in existence for so long is not there anymore. It's sad, yes, we are st- like in 2022, but we still have bodies, <laughs> you know, yeah. that are still dividing us. And somehow, one, one way or another, it sort of feels like each, each of everybody, whether you're in East Africa or North Africa or South Africa, you are somewhat, you know, like a, a portion out of Africa, but within. If I'm, I, I hope I'm making sense. Yeah. So, I, and, and, and that's why most times, even with our people, there's always that hoping, yes, I'm South African. And then when you like, but um, aside from being South African, are you African? You know, what yeah. you take on whatever issues across the, 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 the continent itself. And we always have a, you know, as long as it does not affect me directly, then hey, I'm okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? that's that has really been the, the the common approach. And so, for instance, South Africans do not care in great detail. For instance, what's happening in uh, the Tigray region out in Ethiopia, where five million people are at risk of dying from hunger because of protracted war, and they're unable to reach uh, humanitarian aid. For instance, or what's been happening in the Sudan and South Sudan, whatever the mm-hmm. case may be, to build that compassion, uh, that 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 collective action compassion across the board you you suggest we go beyond the pageantry of africa day celebrations and really go into the meat and substantive conversations around the day uh do you think there's progress in that sense and that we're building a coalition where it matters i mean we've got the african free trade continental agreement which is in place has has been active for just over a year now um do you think steps like that are taking us in that direction or do you think it is all but lip service uh wow i think uh it becomes beyond just from all these other you know uh we say bills or or political um you know conversations that are had by either statesmen or um you know presidents of each country you know um i think it it, it needs to go beyond that because from a i think our our issue has to get to the level of human you know hum, humaning if i may um, because once we realize that um, what affects anybody or, you know, anybody from within the continent itself directly, you know, affects me one way or another. Yeah. And we move from just uh, from the political talks or, you know, academia and, um, yeah, and also from how, because I think one other thing that we, we, we shouldn't be, we say oblivious on is as much as yes we are you know post colonial eras but still in current um current uh, climate yeah. uh, the colonial system still wins and they still sort of like um they're not even not even sort of like they still benefit from the whole yeah. um yeah discussions that I had either from state, you know, head of state's conversations that trickle down to us as just, you know, human beings or constituents in a, con- in a country within the continent.
Yeah. Uh, give us a call. The number to dial is 011-714-2006. 011-714-2006. Do you believe, dear listener, that we as Africans can overcome our collective differences and put to use our similarities or uh, that which unites us and binds us to be able to come a united Africa? Or do you think that the idea of a united Africa, not even really just in the pan-Africanist idea, right? I think of, often when we speak about uh, a united Africa, people already, uh, immediately assume that it must be some level of radical pan-Africanism. No, let's let's park the ideological conversation for a minute and just speak about the fundamentals of what it means to be African because that will go a long way uh, to solving some of the transnational problems we have. Um, mm-hmm. Do you think that uh, we we can do that? And what do you imagine your role to be in that? Give us a call. The number is 011-714-2006. Send us a WhatsApp voice note, 0614-104107. 0614-104107. Tweet us at SAFM Radio. I want to ask you uh, this question, Deborah, because I, I think... Uh, you know, it, it, it starts at home for us. It, it, it has to mm-hmm. start to South Africans that we ask the South African question in relation to the continental question. Mm-hmm. We've seen for the last better part, nine on a decade, that we've seen, you know, senseless and violent and deadly uh, attacks on African foreign nationals in the country. Whether or not you call it xenophobia or not, is immaterial. Yeah. The realities that it's been happening that foreign nationals are being persecuted um, in South Africa and African foreign nationals in particular are being persecuted um, and are being told to go back home and um, you know and, and it's it's very seldom that the material conditions where back home is is considered in in that narrative um, yeah. do you think with that happening within our own borders that we have a place um, in the continent holistically um, or do you think we've completely isolated ourselves? Mm. Yeah, that's a very interesting question. Um, I feel like it's going to be very tricky always, um, considering currently, you know, what, what's currently happening um, beyond just, you know, the the current status, you know, affair re- regarding foreign nationals in our, in our, in our country. Um, and I mean, we... We could go back to the the times of the apartheid, um, you know, era, where um, the 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 warriors would leave home and go, you know, across the board, um, the borders of South Africa to go train, and of how you know humanity, of how they were welcomed and they were treated. And it, it, it becomes very challenging because mm. chances are that there are certain South Africans that are also, you know, at a receiving end from across um, the African continent currently that are maybe working from, I don't know, East Africa or um, in other parts because of basically what is happening currently here. Mm. And mm. It's, it's very sad because um, one way or another, it seems like the biggest uh, dominant Sector is always the you know the the politics of the stomach. Mm, it will always mm. be the biggest sector that that will always divide us as Africans. Let alone about you know having a united Africa, and as ideal as that sounds, but also I think we need to also understand that there's beauty in our di- in, in our diverseness. So in us uniting, yes, but the unity shouldn't be from a uniform type of perspective to say no, because now we are coming together as Africans, mm. then this should be, you know, the the blueprint of how we should be um, governing ourselves or moving forward, you know? Yeah. 
Absolutely. So I, I, I definitely um, know for a fact that with this whole challenge that's happening home, here at home, there are um, South Africans that find themselves in other parts of Africa that are not as welcomed or feeling as welcomed as they mm. used to, you know, mm. before all of this happened. Mm, absolutely. It's, it's just gone half past nine. Give us a call. The number to dial is 011-714-2006. What's on your mind this evening in relation to this conversation? Uh, do we still have a long way to go as Africans? Especially if you're a foreign national living in South Africa. I really want to hear what you think this evening. Do you feel that South Africa uh, has a place on the continent and that we can still foster a conversation um, and an action plan of African unity? Or do you feel that the persecution of foreign nationals in South Africa is so far reaching and so deeply seeped into the crevices of our social fiber that has gone wrong that we can barely make headway in that conversation at the moment? The number is 011-714-2006. Send us a WhatsApp voice note, 0614-104-107. But please do remember to keep those voice notes short, under a minute. Um, and, and yeah, let's hear you. Switch off the radio in the background. Let's hear you loud and clear. Let, let the country hear exactly what's on your mind. Let, let, don't let them guess what you're saying because you're not very audible. Let's go to the lines. We've got you out in Kabeja. You, good evening. Good evening. Yes, uh, good evening to your listeners as well. I just wanted to mention there that um, it's all very well to be idealistic as far as togetherness is and uh, as unity is concerned in Africa and so on. But people with an empty stomach um, have got the first things on their mind, and that's the basic needs of uh, Maslow's hierarchy of, of needs, which will be you know, shelter and food and, and a job and, and security and those sort of things. So we've got to be pragmatic. Um, and it would seem that um, we, we've, we've basically gone down a, a path of selling away our industry. Our industry in, our, in, in South Africa is the, is the core provides the taxation that provides the the needs of the people. So yeah. you can't have you can't have your your macroeconomic policy not in line with your microeconomic aspirations in the country. Mm. And this is this is where we've actually gone wrong is that our our industry base is shrinking and as it shrinks we're going to have less uh, people employed. It's as simple as that. Yeah. If absolutely. we want to expand that industry base, we've actually got to do it in partnership with those very same people that we, we have bilateral trade agreements with, such as China. So what I'm trying to say is that we've got to go hat in hand, basically, to these people and say to them, look, um, coronavirus has, has uh, decimated our economy and we need their assistance. In a, in a win-win situation, we can have a bilateral trade agreement where we support our own needs in our country as, as, a, as a first priority. At the moment, it would seem that our, our bilateral trade agreements um, are, on, are in a win-win situation where they're winning and we're losing. So there isn't much in the near future that we can look forward to a growth in industry on that on that basis. So yeah. what we really need to do is to look pragmatically at the situation and say, yes, we can have unity in, in the country, but for us to have un, un, uh, 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 unity with, with a purpose, we, we've got to have that those basic needs 
first yeah. satisfied. You can't you can't be in a situation where you ask people to be happy and and um, vote vote for a, a kind of a, a, a utopia that never arrives. It, it, that's just a pointless situation altogether. Yeah, um, very interesting. Very interesting contribution there. You really, really do appreciate it. Uh, KGM, you're in Rustenburg. Good evening. I get to forgive you again. Oh, seems like KGM forgot that he's on hold. <laughs> Msingi is out in Cape Town. Good evening. Yes, sir. Thank you very much for taking my call, man. It's a pleasure. Go ahead. We will unite one day, man, if we adopt the principles that were left by our parents that uh, each one teach one mm. as long as as long as we've got uh, what you call nationals that are united here growing apart as Africans and now when they succeed you fail to understand why these people are, are, are successing but we are staying behind when I put we want so I think if we can adopt that thing of we we teach one another that this is how we do it. We share knowledge that will take us far. But as as we are talking, the other one is pulling this side. The other one yeah. is pulling this side. We will never do, unite with this Africa. Yeah, uh, that that resource issue seems to be a very very big issue, uh, uh, Debuho. Do you think that we can overcome um, our disunity? Without necessarily or primarily and first having to overcome our our poverty, and I'm talking here about real economic poverty. Mm-hmm. Sure, um, I I don't think so, hey, because I mean one of the biggest reasons why, um, well, we would say one of the reasons why the xenophobic attacks became big. Um, the biggest uh, reason was these people come into our country and they take our jobs, mm. right? And we, we, we tend to forget that um, also with the employer, um, chances are when they get into that whole aspect of hiring, they're always looking for the cheapest labor. So it's not necessarily about anybody winning aside from just the employer. Mm. So capitalism also takes another you know, chunk um, of, of it. So from, a, from an economic perspective, it is, it, 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 we cannot move the economics out of it because um, that's how we survive. That's how we uh, think for ourselves, you know. That's one of the biggest survival um, instincts for any human being, let alone whether you're African, whether you're European. The first and, you know, first and foremost, the basic um, needs are those of having to put up, you know, put clothes on your on your back, yeah. a roof over your head, and food on your stomach. Let alone then you've got children. So of course, with that, you can never um, not, you know, come into uh, disrepute with regards to the politics of the stomach. It'll yeah. always stand as the first. Yeah, that's 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 an interesting perspective. Give us that call zero double one seven one four two thousand and six. Your WhatsApp voice notes on zero six one four one zero four one zero seven. Let's take a listen to some of the WhatsApp voice notes that have come through uh, uh, on the WhatsApp line, and, and and take some calls after that as well. Uh, this is what's come through on the WhatsApp line. Dumel Oliver Dixon and our lovely guest. Uh, the first point of departure is to decolonize our minds. You know that colonization of our minds have been passed down to us 
by our forefathers. If we can start speaking our vernacular languages, if we can take pride in speaking them, the other Africans in other continents, in other countries, will do likewise. So let us start by adhering to our cultures. Let us not acculturate. Let us not relinquish our cultures and take on the culture of the whites. Okay. That's, that's, so that's... through that adherence to our vernacular language and adherence to our culture, a nation without a culture is like a tree without roots. Thank you so much for your call. Really, really do appreciate that WhatsApp voice note. Here's another WhatsApp voice note. Mm -hmm. Hi, good evening to you and the listeners. I'm uh, of Indian origin, but I was born here. And uh, I speak uh, good Isizulu, and I consider myself an African. Uh, So I uh, believe that uh, one must uh, observe the spirit of Ubuntu. And uh, there should be no uh, differences except uh, cultural differences. And uh, everybody should respect uh, the others' uh, religious beliefs, etc. It's only the economics uh, that is dividing the country up. Because uh, the haves, there's too many haves uh, that have a lot uh, and uh, the haves not are living on the fringes of society. Uh, without jobs and uh, going to sleep hungry, not going to bed, mind you, uh, because a lot of people are without homes too. So I hope uh, this government uh, starts to wake its case up now and stop making empty promises. Frank Maritzburg. Thank you so much for that voice note. Uh, back to the lines. KGM, can we can we hear you this time around? If I remember well, KGM, uh, when you used to engage with me very much at that other radio station, I remember you claiming that you are a Masarwa. Uh, am I remembering that correctly? Yes, you, you have a good recollection, uh, uh, Oliver. So as I a Masarwa am... man, uh, <laughs> are you decolonizing and, and speaking the, the native language? Of course I do. I do. I, I speak my language. Uh, I can't say fluently. I don't, I don't understand if somebody says I speak my language fluently. It's my language. I speak it like I I, I drank it from my mother's uh, breast. Um, it came as natural as, as that can be. Um, yeah, that's that's, that's interesting. Yeah, go ahead. What's your yeah. comment this evening? Um, c- can I touch a nerve on two things? Two Two things. One is that uh, like like you, I, I loved what you said earlier in terms of exploring the continent and understanding the continent not from a media's perspective, but from your own perspective yeah. of visiting countries and, and being able to explore land and, and have an understanding that is very independent from, from the indoctrination that we get. Mm. I, I've, I've done Cape to Cairo four times in my life, driving, not flying, Oh wow! driving from Cape Town, and back and then up up again four times you know there are two ways to do that uh one is through uh the east belt and one is through the The west belt belt. the west belt yes okay those are the 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 only two ways you can split after 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 crossing uh the nile yes after the nile those are yeah those are the two ways that you can go through this is how much I've, i've learned about the continent you know we are all Still colonized systematically. Yeah. Now mm-hmm. we we like taking this thing of saying um, we are free, 
Um, just because colonized, some, some of us who are deep-rooted in colonization, like politicians for that matter, mm-hmm. they have this rhetoric that they, 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 they put, push to our, through our throats. We go with them. We strive to be politically correct. Let me be politically incorrect. As Basara here in Kalahad, just just uh, uh, 10, 10, uh, 10 to, to 13 hours from where you are, between Botswana, uh, uh, South Africa, and Namibia, that's where my people are. Mm. Uh, we have defied all the odds. We don't have a currency. We don't have the so-called economy. Um, mm. I'm talking now in the sense of, of what we've been told the economy is. But we have our own economy. We have our own currency. We have our own lifestyle. I was, I was not born in a hospital, but I'm like you, Oliver, if you were born in a hospital. Mm. And this, these people came here and told us, no, you can't be born uh, out of a hospital. No, there's germs here. I, I, I grew up drinking on one side of the stream when the, the animals were drinking on the other. Cholera was mm-hmm. still there. And I'm I'm still here alive and kicking, healthier than many who were born at the private. Are, are you now saying, KGM, that the restoration of African identity and unity will be in the appreciation of that indigenous way of living? You you've summed it up. For as long as we don't want to go to to the foundation, and that for me is the right. foundation. Forget it, okay. Oliver. We're not gonna get it right. Fantastic. Thank you so much for your call. Really, really do appreciate it, uh, KGM out in Rustenburg. Just in the final minute, uh, uh, Deborah, your, your, your thoughts as we wrap this up? Uh, okay, so my thought as we wrap it up, um, I would say um, once you stop thinking about Africa month from just that and practicing it from a daily you know, uh, living and also being able to you know, search back, you know, because everybody's talking about decolonization a lot, but also the question becomes, what is decolonization? Because decolonization means literally resetting the button from the language you speak, the food you eat, how you understand everything, because you've somewhat been, you know, ideologized, um, you've been taught from a Western, you know, framework. And once we reset, and move from our indigenous way of living, you know, from the native way of living, like he was saying, then it becomes even better in how we get to relate to each other. And then the whole element of Ubuntu will literally be revived because then we won't be living from a point of scarcity. Because I think the reason why we are having these challenges in all our either our country or our continent, is because somehow we were taught that we are living in scarcity, whereas there is so much abundance. And once people tend to move away from what is known as the mainstream and trying out different methods and, you know, um, ways of living and moving off from the system, because the system has done us so much you know, bad or yeah. so much injustice and destruction as opposed to if we had to live off it because initially the system needs us and not the other way around. Absolutely. That's how I'm going to leave it at. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Oliver.
Tebogomputi, thank you so much for your time this evening. Really do appreciate it. Thank you to the listener uh, for, for, for being with me and, and indulging me and being in it. It's an absolute honor for me to be in your company. Um, I do not take for granted that you could have been doing anything else this evening, but you chose uh, to listen to us here on The Viewpoint. Uh, that's it from me and the team, Liseho and Tabiseng and Phineas, this evening. Uh, yeah, it's, up for, it's time for your book reading. Do enjoy and stay safe.